Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets trading mixed this morning as some investors set aside Wall Street's gains overnight. Joining me this morning as we break down all the market action, good Friday morning, Ryan Huang. Happy Friday, Michelle. Planes, trains, automobiles. No, we're not talking about the classic comedy uh, Steve Martin, John Candy. Instead, we're looking at companies that make and drive these vehicles. Now, yesterday, we focused on cars. So this morning, it is time for airplanes. And more specifically, Delta Airlines. One of the biggest U.S. carriers, market cap, more than 21 billion U.S. dollars. And it's report card time for Delta. Ryan, if we compare Delta's first quarter results and second quarter forecasts, there seem to be two quite different stories here. So let's start with the past. How did Delta do during the first quarter? All right, start with the latest quarter earnings. And you have... Well, a softer than expected set of numbers. So adjusted earnings per share, 25 cents. That's lower than 30 cents expected. Adjusted revenue was at $11.84 billion, lower than $11.99 billion expected. So that's all in reflecting a net loss of $363 million for that quarter. And part of this has to do with higher expenses. And one big part of it, came from a new four-year pilot contract that includes 34% pay raises. So as we've been following in the past few months, headlines about cost pressures from labour, all that just putting pressure on margins. And I think Delta has to get the pilots and the staff in place for future growth. Yes, especially if it intends to build on momentum. It needs talent to do that. So it lost more than 360 million US dollars during the first three months of the year. But Delta is more optimistic about the current quarter. Why is that? Yeah, so if you look at the numbers again, um, the loss, not as bad as a loss from last year, which was $940 million. So on that front, it is making progress and getting better on the numbers. And if you look at what's coming up, it is expecting travel to pick up. So that's in line with, I think, a lot of airlines. And I think you and me are all making travel plans these days. So that is going to help um, lift the revenues for coming quarters and expects sales delta to increase by 15 to 17 percent over last year and margins of as much as 16 percent. So, you are seeing the airline looking quite optimistic, projecting record advanced bookings for the summer. So, it's also going to grow capacity to cope with that demand by 17 percent. Now, not every U.S. carrier is as optimistic as Delta. American Airlines has issued a lackluster outlook and analysts say that AA's bookings appear to be slowing, not those record advance bookings we were just talking about for Delta. So you just took a trip. So what is your sense? Is air travel slowing down in Asia as well? Yeah, just anecdotally on the plane, it was packed. I was hoping to lie down across the entire aisle. I could not do that because it was just jammed to the gills. Everyone was filling a seat, right? So that is what we are facing, at least for my journey in that short holiday I had to Mm. Japan. Um, So it is a sign that people want to get out of bound. Of course, after so many years of saving up, not having anywhere to spend, they are revenge traveling this year. Uh, Have you got any plans, Michelle? 
You know, I must be one of the few people who still haven't had COVID yet. So I have to say, I, I'm hoping to get COVID first here in Singapore. <laughs> you and then are I will hoping travel. to get COVID. <laughs> that's the first. I don't want to get COVID on my vacation, but that's me. Uh, let's turn back to the earnings season. Banks are going to be in focus this evening. JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo and Citigroup are all set to report their numbers. Overall, some 78 firms in the S&P 500 have warned investors to lower their earnings expectations. That is the worst reading in more than three years. The last time expectations were this poor, the U.S. manufacturing sector was in recession. Now let's turn our attention to Amazon, where CEO Andy Jassy has published his annual letter to shareholders. Jassy says he doesn't really pay that much attention to Amazon's share price, which is up 22%, by the way, since the beginning of the year. Uh, Still down more than 30% over the past 12 months, if you take a longer view of it. Uh, What do the numbers, uh, which numbers exactly are holding Jassy's attention? Yeah, so it's a lot of stuff on his plate, right? AWS and Amazon itself are huge corporate giants. So they have a lot going on on top of what they invest in and everything else that's happening in Silicon Valley around ChatGPT. So if he is trying to keep his ship steady for future growth, he needs to make sure things are healthy. So he is looking at a couple of things to make sure things are on track to drive the company to further growth. And a couple of things he is looking at, he mentions in this shareholder letter that he has taken a deep look across the company business by business, invention by invention, and has been asking the company and himself whether he feels enough conviction behind each division and each initiative's long-term potential to drive revenue, operating income, free cash flow, and return on invested capital. So that is what is on his radar. And in some cases, some of those answers have been no. Uh, And that's led to what we've seen in the past few weeks, cutting of jobs. And the big one, I think, a lot were a bit um, nostalgic about book depository. That was shut. How do you feel about that, Michelle? I can't stop thinking about it. It hurts my heart. I used to love being able to order books and not have to worry about postage. Um, very, very painful. Another, other, A number of other initiatives that uh, Amazon has decided to either pause or axe, that telehealth service we were talking about not too long ago, uh, the fresh supermarkets expansion uh, as well. Jassy has also indicated that Amazon is spending heavily, though. They are banking on generative AI. So new artificial intelligence tools is what Amazon has been spending on, including a new tool called Bedrock that is just released as a limited edition. So what can Bedrock do? Now, it really looks like everyone's coming with a chatbot these days, or at least the AI to do so. So in terms of what I can understand it to do, they are offering um, what's called a generative AI service. So essentially, anyone who wants to do a chatbot can make use of the underlying technology to do so from Amazon. Mm. So this will help it get some market share of sorts away from Google, away from Microsoft, and hopefully get people interested enough to use the engine for um, their chatbots from Amazon. So this will help it create things like, um, I guess, anything you might want to use AI for. And one of the big plays here is when you use... Bedrock or 
is generative AI service, you have to use AWS and then you have to pay for AWS. So it's trying to get more people on its cloud service. End of the day, it is all about cloud um, and the revenues is trying to grow around AWS. All right. So this is about access to its... um uh, proprietary language models as well. And companies are biting. Amazon says Pegasystems, Deloitte and Accenture are among the companies that are looking forward to using Bedrock. Um, let's turn to the broader markets now and the U.S. economy. NASDAQ jumped 2% overnight. Da- the Dow and the S&P 500 finished higher as well, thanks to some encouraging news on the inflation front. Now, the latest figures show that wholesale inflation has posted its biggest drop since the start of the pandemic. The producer price index fell half a percent in March. Overall, producer prices in the U.S. are rising at 2.7% per year. The hope is that the lower wholesale inflation will lead to fewer price rises for consumers as well. Inflation currently running at 5% in the U.S. However, there are some things that are actually cheaper than they were a year ago. Got a couple of examples, Ryan? Yeah, so it is starting to show signs of moderation when you look at these numbers. And if you look at some of the stuff that is cheaper, it is interesting to see smartphones cheaper, down 24%. So electronics as well, alongside telephone hardware, calculators, uh, televisions, and major household appliances, computers. So let's go into smartphones. So we saw last year how the supply chain situation was quite uncertain and that really pushed out prices of electronics. And that was a big reason um, for smartphones um, and many other appliances um, being bid up in terms of prices. So that is now starting to unwind. So that's the story behind electronics. Uh, major household appliances, that's down 7.9%. And the story here is how, for the first time in 11 years, home prices are starting to fall. So that's reflecting how perhaps rising interest rates are putting off people from buying houses. Mm-hmm. And in consequence, people don't need new household appliances. So okay. that is seeing a bit of dip in terms of demand and you are seeing, according to reports, discounts around inventory clearances because of um, what's a slump in demand right now. And then you have used cars and trucks. Um, this was also partly hit by the supply of chips drying up last year. So that's a different situation now. And you have more chips than what people need it for. So used cars and trucks alongside wider vehicle sales uh, have been taking a bit of a hit. So that's down 11.2%, also alongside motor fuel and energy costs. That is down as well. All right. Well, we can't go a day without apparently talking about Twitter. And, you know, it just keeps swerving and diverging. And Twitter now making headlines because it looks like it's revamping its business model in order to hunt for and generate new forms of revenue. We talked about how Elon Musk may want to turn Twitter, the social media platform, into an all-purpose app like WeChat, right? We, you know, we, we bantered about that a couple of days back. Well, the latest news on this front is that Twitter could be getting into the stock business, making it really easy for you after you maybe read about a stock on Reddit. For example, imagine if there was a button next to that stock uh, during the height of the meme stock mania that allowed you to buy game stock immediately. What is happening? What is Twitter expected to do? Yeah, your dreams have come true. <laughs> it is happening. You can buy stocks on Twitter right now, plus crypto. So, 
Imagine that you are having a conversation with an influencer or your friends on Twitter and then it gets into a bit of a frenzy. Everyone's talking about this hot stock tip and then, hey, it's so easy to just press on that button to get into the action. So it is, uh, you pointed out, Twitter making headway into the finance world. Mm. And it is, I guess, a good synergy, a social media company hopping on a social trading company. So eToro is what they call a social trading firm or copy trading where you can follow influencers or your friends or whoever you think is a good trader and copy all their trades automatically. So in that sense, it's a very social community and it really builds on the strength of Twitter being social. And I guess it also ties into what Elon Musk may be trying to do, build a super app and integrate everything together. Wow, I'm sure lots of brokerages are thinking, why didn't we do this? Build the community first before we try to sell our brokering uh, services. Twitter also launching a way for users to start charging viewers for access to their content. This is going to make lots of influencers really happy. How could this work? Yeah, so if uh, you have Twitter um, charging for content, it is going to mean a new revenue stream for um, viewers as well as for Twitter. So it's going to be looking at long-form text to hours-long videos. So if users want to access perhaps more premium versions of content, they can do so by paying for more. So this is going to help drive the content industry. I think we've seen some form of this in the likes of YouTube and to a certain extent TikTok driving content generation will bring in users. And I think this is where Elon Musk is trying to get to, getting people excited enough to create content and get that subscription service model going. And I think it's also reference to how Substack is one of the competitors doing it well. And this is uh, something I think Elon Musk is trying to emulate. So really, this is about monetization through subscriptions. In fact, uh, users would be able to access a tab in the settings that is aptly named monetization, and they will get all the money. Uh, Twitter is not going to take a cut for at least for the first 12 months. So uh, content creators are going to get the money subscribers pay apart from the charges that the platform levies, of course. What do you think of these new initiatives? I mean, Twitter's headcount has been decimated, remember? Yeah. Uh, Musk saying the company could have gone bankrupt if he hadn't uh, come across with these ferocious labor costs uh, cuts advertisers really have cut back their spending on the platform so do you think these new initiatives hunting for new forms of revenue generation are going to work yeah it's a tough one right you've got a double-edged sword here user gen of course is the easy way out to create content and then you know just leverage that but without the staff the moderators those guys making sure everything's okay and not having forums of hate speech or fake news or market manipulation going on, it is going to be quite tough to make sure Twitter is a sustainably credible place for mm. people to go to enough. Like we've seen how for some forums have become so toxic that people eventually just go away from them. So Twitter has that danger of being that toxic forum that people might not want in future. So it is um, well going to be a tough one. Hopefully they, they get enough money to hire enough people to build on it. 
Definitely an interesting initiative. Uh, time now for corporate news and our daily game of, although I have to say I am subscribed out. I have subscription fatigue. I don't need another <laughs> subscription on Twitter that I have to pay for to recontent. Time for corporate news. We do it up or down style. Uniqlo's parent company, Fast Retailing. How are they doing? Yeah, let's take a look at Uniqlo. I think people have been you know, trying to get dressed up a bit more. And if you look at where Uniqlo is, it is raising its full year outlook and it is keeping its eye on China. So Uniqlo's parent, Fast Retailing, reported a 16% jump in first half profit and is lifting its outlook for the rest of the year. That's an up for me. LVMH, Woo, look at the quarter. All right, LVMH had actually a pretty good quarter, and of course, the China story is part of that. But I've got my eye on a different headline. Hundreds of thousands of people are protesting in the fresh round of demonstrations at the LVMH headquarters, and this is over government plans to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. Mm-hmm. So they are just flooding LVMH and making them the, well, uh, I'm sure that's not what LVMH wants right now, but they are right now a big visual when it comes to this protest. Wow, I definitely need to look at that as well. I was looking at the numbers, so blowout quarter for the first three months of the year, and that thanks largely to surging sales over in China, where sales jumped 17 to 18%, uh, more than twice than was what was expected. And as a result, Bernard Arnault, the richest man in the world, became even richer. Yeah, that's why I think protesters are LVMH. They are saying, hey, if Emmanuel Macron wants to find money to finance the pension system, he needs to come here to LVMH. That's why they are the HQ. Good point. Uh, Yes, will they make a dent in Arno's fortune, which has soared by $12 billion just yesterday thanks to a jump in LVMH's share price? Remains to be seen. Power of the people. Um, So I'm going to go with, uh, what is that (laughs) when you're like this? Horizontal, not up Uh. or down? (laughs) Uh, On the fence. fence. (laughs) Okay, let's look at Rakuten Bank. All right, I am going with up, and this is Rakuten Bank. No, pricing is IPO at the top of the range. So it's at 1,400 yen, and this is set to make it Japan's largest IPO in five years. So Rakuten... Um, that e-commerce play, I think also riding on a bit of a bounce back in Mm -hmm. Japan. Mm -hmm. Definitely an up for Rakuten going public in Japan, the largest IPO there of the year, in fact. The biggest new listing since SoftBank went public in 2018. So that's an up for me, for Rakuten and for Japanese markets in my book. Let's bring the focus to Singapore with Bengkwang Marine. Yeah, this is a main board listed maritime company and there was some news that helped to drive prices of his stock up. And this was a sale of part of his Batam shipyard property. And this is at a price tag above book value. So that is seeing his stock surge to a new high. So we are looking at a counter up 75% at some stage yesterday at $0.07. Cents. Mm. So shares of Bengkwang Marine surged yesterday on news that it is, uh, as you say, selling off part of that shipyard over in Batam at a profit. Uh, shares of Bengkwang Marine finished up 60% yesterday. Wow, that's great. Let's look at Comfort Delgro, which could be facing more competition locally. Yeah, I am looking at things differently, though. I am mm. keeping an eye on this other headline. Mm-hmm. Comfort Delgro Driving Centre tapping AI ah. to help 
motor, motorcyclist learner, motorcyclists learn how to ride better. So that's going to automate to some extent some of the um, lessons, how that's being conducted at a driving center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a local company, Wira Technologies, has helped develop and launch that trial with ComfortDelgo Driving Center. So maybe this is something that could scale into other countries even. Maybe we'll ask the motorcyclists in our midst. Dan, how many times did it take you to pass your um, driving uh, riding? Once, actually. Once? Yeah. Okay, so AI training would not have... You don't need I like to think that I don't need that, <laughs> at least for now. But we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Comfort Delgro could be facing, though, more competition locally thanks to a merger of Premier Taxis and SMRT's Strides Taxis. And this combined entity will be the second largest cab operator in Singapore, potentially posing a new challenge to Comfort Delgro. So I think it could be down for Comfort Delgro. So you have two views to entertain this morning. Okay, well, last word of the day belongs to Didi, that is China's ride-hailing giant. Didi, you see, has launched a demo, robo-taxi. Years of work have gone into this, and it hopes to put these robo-taxis on the road by 2025. I like the idea of robotic arms helping you pick up luggage. Ah, I always need help with that when I'm traveling alone. Have you seen this, Ryan? I have not, but I've read about it. So I'm quite curious to see how they execute it. So it's going to mean no drivers. Ah, there you go. It looks a bit like a toaster. (laughs) So you've got an arm that can pick up your luggage, place it onto itself, I imagine. And it says the arm can also wake passengers up if they've fallen asleep. So you can take a nap to your destination in peace without worrying if you missed your stop. So I think it's the new future, no? Sleep your way to your destination. Why not? It's a self-driving unit. It really does look extremely... It looks nostalgic and futuristic at the same time, if you know what I mean. Uh, hard to describe it. It will have a lot more space in it, as you say, so you can stretch out and nap because there is no need for a driver's seat. And I wonder. Yeah. How, yeah. I'm just thinking about a potential application. So right, you've got this arm, so potentially you can pick up cargo as well, like self-picking That's up of it. cargo and delivering it somewhere else. And don't forget, Didi has a new business called CargoBot. Oh yeah, that's right. So logistics could be a big play. You pick mm. up your kids as well, you lift them off the ground, <laughs> or whatever you need, <laughs> your pets. No, the, the, the possibilities are limitless. Leave my pets alone with that robo arm. Uh, Didi says passengers will have 50% more space than in a normal taxi. Okay. Uh, we'll have to see how this... Uh, performs on roads for sure. In the meantime, have a good Friday, everybody. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.